Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here sitting in for Brett Winnable. You guys know that he's been out today. Well, I got the last hour and then I got my show. So we're going from 6 to 7 and then from 7 to 8. And by the way, guys, I'm just going to go ahead and start promoing. Make sure you stick around for my show tonight because the Huntersville mayor, Robert Burns, did an extremely extensive interview with our Scott Hamilton earlier today. And we're going to play it on our show, my show tonight. And it's the only place you're going to be able to hear it. And he went into the whole detail you know, of what it was like to win on a flipped coin. I mean, and it made national news, like headlines. North Carolina mayor wins on coin flip. Like, that's, that's what they did. And there were a couple of other races decided by two votes and one vote. And they were going to, like, draw, draw names out of a hat. And that's the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections. Like, that's what's in policy. It's like, okay. What what? Because you know, instead of drawing a name out of the hat, the question is, you know, there's always a weird way to figure out how you're going to win elections if it comes down to a tiebreaker. Who's going to call it? How do you determine who calls heads or tails? Right between the two candidates. Okay, so now let's say, well, you know what? Just draw names out of a hat and have the head of the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections and uh, have him do it. Michael Dickerson, have him draw a name out of the hat. Well, how would you be able to say, well, he knew who he was picking out or a piece of paper was folded, sort of like uh, way back in the day, 1986, when uh, Patrick Ewing was given, I think it was 86, maybe 87, I think it was 86, Patrick Ewing went number one overall in the NBA lottery and it was given to the New York Knicks. And to this day, to this day, and we're, what, 37 years after the fact, 38 years after the fact, to this day, they think it was a setup because they stuck the New York Knicks card in the freezer. So it was ice cold. That's the theory. And I'm not making this up. And the thing was, because back then, instead of using ping pong balls, you had the commissioner pull a giant card two foot by two foot out of a vat or one foot by one foot out of a big giant bowl. And they said, oh, well, he left that one alone because it was ice cold and he knew it was the Knicks. And the NBA really wanted New York to be good because it hadn't been good in 15 years. That was the theory. And that's been going on to this day. There's been documentaries about this. Like, not some crazy tin hat, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. Like, this has been a thing. So the question is, how would you go about def- uh, breaking the tiebreaker? You know, well, if you draw a name out of a hat, how do you know it's not something that the person knows that it's uh, theirs or not? You know what I mean? Like, oh, if this particular corner is bent, that means it's George Hazlitt's name. 
that he's going to be the next mayor of Monroe. So they went through and they did the coin flip. But more recently, and I even had a couple of you listeners send me private messages on Twitter and emails going, hey, have you heard and seen what the, the mayor said from Monroe on his Facebook page? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And I just started laughing, and maybe I shouldn't. I, I, I was laughing at the outrage more than anything, okay? He went on his Facebook page. I want to say, like, first we could... January, maybe even January 1st, somewhere in there, and basically said, well, actually did say, um, to all the beta males and snowflakes, you're the reason why I'm in office and continue to do my job. <laughs> Didn't name names, and I just think that's funny. I, I do. I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I do. And maybe it's not PC, but I think it's funny. And he didn't call anyone a name. It's not a slur. There's no slurs. Snowflakes and beta males. So for the very first time, and a lot of the TV stations have been asking him, hey, what did you mean by this Monroe Mayor Robert Burns who won on the coin flip? Well, tonight, he answers that question exclusively right here on WBT. And that's coming up at 7 o'clock on my show. So uh, a lot... It's good. Like I said, it's a it's it's very interesting. Even if you're not a resident of Union County or Monroe, things like this really intrigue me. Small town politics. I say it all the time. Huntersville's the worst. Okay, Huntersville is by far the worst small town politics in our listening area. By far the worst. It's not even close. Huntersville is like the Jerry Springer show. You just have to find out who's the father. That's Huntersville. You're not the father. Oh, okay, thank God. But you know what? You're the father. That's Huntersville. That's Huntersville politics. So, and Indian Trail was up there for a while. Waxhaw had some little crazy things going on, but nowhere near like Indian Trail in Huntersville. And now we got Monroe, where you got a mayor who's been in office a couple months. And going to all the beta males and snowflakes. I'm sorry. I just think that's funny. It's funny. You know, like I said, he didn't use any slurs. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. But anyways. All right. So we are going to have that coming up uh, on my show at 7 o'clock. And we've got a lot of other things we're going to get into. Um, You know, two nights ago, Nikki Haley had a rally down uh, down in Charleston. And once again, Scott Hamilton from our WBT newsroom, he was down there, what's today, Friday? So he was down there Wednesday night covering it. And so we're going to talk to Scott later on in this hour about not the rally. Like, like, I don't care what Nikki said. I don't care what Donald Trump said. I love to see what's going on behind the scenes. And you guys know on my show... I love to take you behind the scenes with what's going on with the media and the reporters and, you know, what's going on there, the vibe behind the scenes. Like, you'll see all the highlights and all the sound bites of the candidates. I, I don't care about that. You hear that on the news clips. 
I want to know what was it like behind the scenes with national media, local media, what was what was the vibe? So we're going to talk to Scott Hamilton about that later on. But when we return, uh, I texted George and said, you know what, I'm coming in hot. Like the show starts technically I think it's 6.04, 6.05, and I was like, I might be there at 6.03, 6.04. So but I'm going to tell you what happened, and I'm in a major, major predicament at this exact moment, like a major predicament that I haven't told anyone about in this, in this uh, studio. But we'll get into that in a minute. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Uh, let me try that one more time. Welcome back to the Brett Winnable Show. I am Brett Jensen. We're going up until 7 o'clock. And then my show from 7 to 8. See how easy that is just to script like that? Okay, so Bo and Beth, when I do their show every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m., when I do their show, they always like to joke about how sometimes if the, if the show starts at 9.05 following the, the commercials and stuff, Sometimes I'll walk in at 9.04, 9.03. Like if I walk in at 9.02, they'll say I'm early. And it's not that I'm waiting around. I'm usually like parking, walking into the building, and coming straight into the studio. I just time everything out. That's a lot of the way I do things. Well, today I was running. I timed everything out perfectly, except for the fact that I did not anticipate to hit every single red light and get behind every car that decided to actually do the speed limit of 25 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I wasn't sure if I was going to get here in time. I, 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 I thought there was a real chance I was going to park my car around 6.04, have to run into the building, the intro music was going to be playing, and I was just going to have to jump straight on the mic. And at worst case scenario, just do the first segment of the show for my car. Like that's for, like from remote. Like I was like prepared. It's like, all right, because but I got here actually plenty of time. I got here like two minutes early, so I had two minutes to spare. Which is early for you. That is early for me. But here's the problem that George and Isaac do not know. Here's the problem. When I cranked my car to come here, I knew in my brain exactly how many miles it said in my gas tank before it was empty. I knew what it was supposed to say. When I turned it off, it said um, 25. I cranked it, and it said 14. I'm like, all right. But I'm doing city driving. So that miles per gallon keeps going down and down and down. I am not joking. I started, like, coasting on hills when I could. Because I thought I might run out of gas on the way here. In, my, in the parking lot right now is my car that says I have one mile left until I'm on empty. The closest gas station is 1.7 miles. Or 1.3, I think, because I just did a, little, did a little quick Google Maps search. I turned off the air conditioning, you know, defroster air conditioning, because it's muggy outside. I'm doing everything I can to like conserve, conserve energy, everything else like that. So there's a good chance, and they don't know this yet, either George or Isaac may have to follow me to the gas station because I don't know if I can get there. I honestly, It says I've got one mile left. 
Either that or you'll have to do the Fred Flintstone. Yeah, well, unfortunately, or I should say fortunately, there's no holes in my floorboard, so I can't pedal. But, uh, but yeah, I am not sure I can make it to a gas station. It says one mile. And I know sometimes they say, well, you got the reserve tank and all that. I don't, I don't think so. I, maybe. I don't know if there is a reserve tank. Usually like a reserve tank in some cars used to be uh, like a half a tank. I don't think my car has the reserve tank. And it says <laughs> one mile. So we got one mile to go. And my biggest fear, because we've, it's all happened to, it's happened to everyone at one point or time in their life. And I don't mean running out of gas. I mean, your car breaks down, overheats, something happens, right? The alternator goes out, battery goes out, something happens. My biggest fear is that it happens at a stoplight. And now you got all the people behind you trying to get around and you feel like crap. And you're like, and you're so embarrassed, you're going, oh my God. Like if a car breaks down at a stoplight, I don't get mad at it. I'm like, oh my God, thank God I'm not that dude. You know, like, thank God. That's not me. But, you know, it's, so that's my biggest fear when I leave here tonight is that I am either going to A, run out of gas, but even worse, run out of gas at a stoplight and everyone's going to be parked behind me blowing the horns and I'm going to be like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to have to hoof it to a, that's why Either George or Isaac's going to have to follow me to the gas station. And I'm not even joking. One, I hope I can even get out of the parking lot at this point. I, maybe go to like a uh, QT, which I know is up the road. Um, if I can't make it, I would hope that they have like the little gallon gas containers. Oh, actually, I don't know if I got one in my car or not. No, I used to and I threw it away. I used to just in case. And I had it in my car for years and years and years. And now... And now I, I know I threw it away. So hopefully, if I can't make it, which is going to suck, hopefully they'll sell the little gas containers. You know what I've seen people do? I've seen people go go to the QT and go, okay, you know what? I'm going to buy like four 32-ounce or 64-ounce Cokes with uh, the styrofoam cups or whatever and just put gas in them and carry the four of them to the car and just have to pour them in. The problem is when you do it that way, you don't have a funnel. You don't have a funnel. I sure as hell don't have a funnel in my car. So I'm a little little concerned about this. So, yeah, coming up in a little bit, George and or Isaac will be following me to the gas station because I don't want to – I can see it now, me trying to call George or Isaac while they're doing – the show at 8.30 going, hey, uh, guys, can one of you come get me over here on Moorhead or Woodlawn? That's the other thing. Woodlawn. Three lanes. Can you imagine falling, running out of gas in the middle of Woodlawn? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be awful. Awful. So, anyways, that's the predicament I'm in. I don't know what happened. Turned off my car 25 miles. Cranked it. I had 14 miles by the time I got here, which is not a 14-mile drive. I think it's like a six-mile drive. It said... One mile left. One mile left. So that's where we are. And if you guys follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen, I'll give you a little update whether or not I made it or not or whether or not I'm hoofing it or like thumbing it to the gas station. 
Yeah, because that's what I want to do. I want to be thumbing it on the on Wilkinson Boulevard. Yeah, that's safe. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's really, really safe. So, anyways. Um, all right, so when we come back. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Not exactly a banner day for Donald Trump, but at the end, also, I will tell you this, I don't think it's the end of the world either. Like, this is going to go for a while. So we'll talk about that when we return. Welcome back to the Brett Winnable Show. I am Brett Jensen sitting in for Brett Winnable today. And then don't forget my show coming up from 7 to 8 p.m. tonight. Okay, so I don't know if you know, but the Carolina Panthers made a little bit of news yesterday. And the, the guy that covers the Panthers the best and the longest as the beat writer here is Joe Person of The Athletic. And like I said, full disclosure, I've known Joe since uh, – since the spring of 2001. So we go way, way back, and there's no one better that I'd rather speak to about this. So, Joe, first of all, thank you for joining me on a Friday night. I know it's probably the last thing you want to do on a Friday night is talk to me, but I really do appreciate it, and I know our listeners do as well. And number two, talk about what's going on with the Panthers. You know, people seem to like it, like the hire from a national perspective, but they also say it just basically came out of nowhere. Did this surprise you as it did a lot of the national people? So, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. And um, as the, this week kind of built up, it, it felt like more and more the momentum had shifted to Dave Canales. And I think that was for a couple different reasons. One, he has a very close relationship with Dan Morgan, who on Monday gets promoted to GM, president of football operations. So, and by the way, as I had reported in the athletic, Dan had sat in on the first round of head coach interviews. So like he kind of, you know, he was in the room and he and Dave Canales had worked together for eight years in Seattle. That was, that was very big. It was really the strongest connection Dan Morgan had to any of the candidates other than maybe Dan Quinn. They were also together in Seattle, not quite as long Sorry, I'm walking the dog up a steep hill and getting a little out of breath, sadly. (laughs) Um, But here's the difference. Canales, as you know, has an offensive background. Dan Quinn has a defensive background. And Dave Tepper wanted to do the offensive thing again after getting it wrong with Frank Reich. This time, instead of going retread, they go young, ascending offensive guy, who, by the way, has a history, again, as you know, of turning around quarterbacks. He's done it the last two years now with Geno Smith and then uh, Baker Mayfield, which I find very ironic that the Panthers hired a guy in part because of his success with a quarterback the Panthers got rid of last year, but here we are. Exactly, and we're talking to Joe Person of The Athletic, and I did not think about this and talk about his – when we were talking about his time, or excuse me, when you were talking about his time in Seattle, you know, he and Dan Morgan spent seven years together, I believe, in Seattle. But talking about Seattle, Russell Wilson's under six feet. Baker Mayfield's maybe on just under six feet, and now you have Bryce Young under six feet. So he's also used to working with quarterbacks who can't see over the line of scrimmage. 
It's a great point. And uh, now, now, Canales was mostly kind of an up-and-comer in Seattle, but certainly had that background with Russ Wilson. You are right. Now, the one, uh, the, the one exception in that is Geno Smith, who's a big dude, as you know. But, no, I, I like some of what – there are a couple red flags, I guess you would say, or, or at least things that should give us pause or give Panther fans pause. And that's no other team – except the Panthers interviewed Dave Canales' this hiring cycle. That includes Seattle, which has an opening after Pete Carroll retired or stepped down. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, you hear the guy who was, he was with Dan Morgan, as you said, seven or eight years, but he was with the Seahawks total 13 years. And they did not bring him in even, you know, in, on a virtual interview. So that's, I think that would give you pause. I think the Panthers – uh, Brass, David Tepper, and Dan Morgan, and the consulting firm Sportsology that they used would sit, would counter by saying, "Look, we want to be a year ahead of the curve before everyone is interested in this guy." Kind of like what's happened with Ben Johnson, who kind of priced himself out of the Panthers' plans, and I, I think he's heading to Washington. Otherwise, I think the Panthers would have really targeted him. But all this to say is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you do hear about some good things with Dave Canales. Today we, we were on a conference call with Geno Smith. Talks about his energy, his positivity. Um, and, and he also doesn't, like, force things. Like, he's not going to just say, oh, well, Bryce is small, so we can't run this play. Like, he's going to just kind of work around the talent that he has or doesn't have and then also what the defense has given him on a particular Sunday. So it's an interesting hire. It's, it, is it a, a gamble? I mean, I, I guess they all are, but, but this was a weird hiring cycle. There were some proven head coaches who were available and still are available. So it's not like the Panthers are the only ones that you know kind of ignored uh, Bill Belichick and uh, Mike Vrabel. Talk with Joe Person for a couple more minutes here on the Brett Winnable Show. So, Joe, we got like three minutes here, and I'm curious. I want to jump into the Dan Morgan thing. Um, as you mentioned, you know, he was promoted from within, has been with the team for a long time, you know, set a Super Bowl record, 25 tackles, you know, uh, in a Super Bowl way back in the day, had to quit because of concussions. And some people are worried that Tepper just wanted a yes man. You know Dan Morgan really well. But wait, I, I, as a matter of fact, I don't even know if I've ever spoken to Dan Morgan outside of him being a player back here in like 2002. So I'm just curious, what do you expect out of Dan Morgan? Will he be his own man? I hope so. Yeah, because, you know, the last time they paired, you know, Morgan with, with somebody, a, a former colleague of him, his from Seattle, was Scott Fitter. <laughs> and that pairing didn't go so great. And, it, it's sort of like when Fitter was with Rule, and it was hard to know whose hands were on these personnel decisions because, as you know, Rule had uh, final control of the 53-man roster. That went away this year when Frank Wright came in and, and Scott Fitter had it. Likewise, you know, it's hard when you're in the number two seat, as Dan Morgan has been for three years, to know how much he could or couldn't have spoken up. Uh, you know, he obviously signed off like everyone in that building did on Bryce Young. So, and, and I think that was one of the reasons, honestly, Brett, why they, Dave Tepper wanted to, to pro- promote from within. Because he didn't want somebody. Dave Tepper is very invested in Bryce Young, and they traded the farm for him. 
And I don't think he wanted an outside GM to come in and say, mm, yeah, I don't know about Bryce Young. I think we should try to trade for Russell Wilson. Um, so, obviously, in promoting Dan Morgan, they're, on, and they're in lockstep on the quarterback. But, you know, I, I hope, I've been reporting that they are going to be hiring a, a third member or another high-ranking member of the front office in sort of a new role that will be like an executive vice president, basically the business guy over caps and contracts. And I would hope, because if they're modeling it after the San Francisco model, in addition to John Lynch, they have a money guy. And he sort of serves as a buffer between Jed York and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan in the football. Let's see if Tepper actually goes through with it. I I think they are going to make that higher. Let's see if they go through with, you know, Tepper being a little more insulated. Joe Person at The Athletic, uh, finish walking your dog on this really nice, warm Friday night in January. And I can't, again, thank you enough for joining us here on uh, the Bright Wonderful Show. Absolutely, buddy. Have a great weekend. I'm glad it worked out. Thanks a lot, bud. You too. Brett Jensen here with you on the final segment of Breaking with Brett Jensen on this Friday night. Okay, so Panthers Friday. Let's get into some of that big, obviously, changes yesterday with the name of the hiring of the new head coach, Dave Canales. Well, if you listen to local news, you're going to hear a lot of different things. Sports talk, you're going to listen to me. But I want you to hear what people are saying nationally. And first up is Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports about the hiring of Dave Canales. What is he going to do for Carolina? Well, hopefully fix all of the offensive problems and like no coach can simply fix them. That's not just what Dave Canales, uh, that can't just fall on his shoulders. That's going to fall on the personnel. They're going to have to figure out that offensive line. They're going to have to get younger and get more speed at wide receiver so that they can get more separation because so often Bryce Young was throwing to guys who were very well covered. They're going to have to figure out the run game. Probably overpaid for Miles Sanders last offseason. And then Bryce, you hope that he didn't develop too many bad habits. The truth is toward the end of the season, he was developing some bad habits. You have to get rid of those. So that's going to be number one for Canales is making sure that Bryce can shake last season um, because toward the end of the season, it was not very good for him. So that's priority one. Dan Morgan and that front office staff, priority one for them is figuring out and fixing uh, and giving Canales the pieces on offense so that the Panthers don't have to relive what was uh, the worst season that they had had in nearly, um, you know, at least a decade. And now here's a soundbite from the Pat McAfee show between him and former NFL head coach Chuck Pagano. Dan Morgan was in Seattle. Canales was in Mm -hmm. Seattle. They kind of cut their teeth together, know each other very well. Obviously, with what Baker Mayfield was able to accomplish this year and the success that they had, put him on the radar for jobs. Him and Morgan, good tag team over there. Feels like that's another place that's going to have to change their culture and mindset going forward immediately. Match made in heaven, right? So they spent probably seven years together in Seattle. So obviously, they know each other. As soon as Dan got this job, you saw this name come up. You saw him go in for the interview, second one. So you kind of put two and two together saying, okay. Because we talk about it ad nauseum, about the head coach-GM relationship and being tied at the hip and being aligned. Same thinking, philosophical, whatever it is. Yeah, so this is this is a home run for for Dan Morgan and the Panthers. I no, they got a lot of things to figure out down there. But Greg Olson said, who lives in Carolina, former Panther, he's in the city, would like his kids to cheer for a successful Panthers team. He said Dan Morgan is a guy that you would put faith in to turn around an entire program? Absolutely. 
And finally, here's big-time NFL reporters from Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, and longtime NFL reporter, Peter King. This was a job for which there was no clear frontrunner because people didn't know who was going to want to go work for David Tepper. And when you see the reports of a six-year deal, teams give out six-year deals when they're trying to change the narrative that we fire a lot of coaches and we're not stable and we're dysfunctional. Look at how Tepper has gone through coaches, both with his football team and his soccer team. And it doesn't keep him from firing Canales during his first season if he chooses to, but he's going to owe him a lot of money if he does, Peter. You know, a couple of observations here. Okay, so America doesn't know Dave Canales, and I, I don't know him either, really. But the one thing that I think, and I'm going to underline this word because you shouldn't use this word lightly, but the one thing I believe is urgent, capital U, capital R, G E N T, is that David Tepper hands this team to this new head coach and he says, I'm going to stay out of the way and I want you to repair Bryce Young. Okay, but because let's, let's just see, here's what you're thinking right now if you're Bryce Young. Nine months ago this week, you're Bryce Young, you were drafted to be a Carolina Panther. First pick in the draft, nine months ago. And at that time, your head coach is Frank Reich. Your offensive coordinator is Thomas Brown. Your offensive assistant, you know, sort of uh, the cooking the broth is Jim Caldwell. Your quarterback coach is Josh McCown. So that happens and that stays that way for most of the season. And then Frank Reich is the offensive play caller. Then he hands it to Thomas Brown. Then he takes it back. Then he gets fired. Thomas Brown takes play calling back. That's how you last the rest of the season. At the end of the season, everybody gets blown out. They're all gone. So now you have a new head coach. So you have almost, you've done as much as you could to ruin the first pick in the draft first by not having a good enough offensive line to keep him from running for his life on every pass snap in 2023. But you've done enough to damage him in the absolute yo-yoing of a coaching staff and of play calling, of play designing. What you have to do right now is say to Dave Canales, listen, you're the guy, you pick the staff, you handle this guy, you repair the most important person in this franchise. This is your job. And that's what David Tepper had to do when he gave him the six-year contract. It was a smart move. Quite frankly, it was the only move. And Canales has the history of working with shorter quarterbacks, Russell Wilson in Seattle, Baker Mayfield this year in Tampa Bay, and now he's the guy who's going to be charged with fixing Bryce Young. Some really interesting comments there, and by and large, most of them think it's a pretty good hire. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. We're going to do this all over again next week. So until then, have a great weekend. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.